Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podmn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, of course, and Double Twist, and many others, I'm sure. i just like to mention those, I suppose. Thank you always for joining me once again today for our yet another Minnesota Vikings game, yet another Minnesota Vikings season. Every year is different. Every year is just different. It seems like it's on again, off again with the Mike Zimmer seasons. And looks like we're off again, guys, because today, despite an unbelievable effort from Justin Jefferson, rookie Justin Jefferson, who was invisible early on because it didn't involve him a whole lot, and maybe he was shaking some of the butterflies and some of the preseason football that never happened, that type of stuff. And uh, Dalvin Cook had a huge breakout career type of day. Still ended up losing 31-30 to to the Tennessee Titans in a tennis, in a, in a, U.S. Bank Stadium that actually had some sound today. There weren't a whole lot of fans or anything, just friends and family, as they say, Hundred, uh, I guess 250 overall people in the stands. I don't think anybody really saw that. Maybe they were on field pass, that type of thing. But 31-30 in a game the Vikings should have won easily, but they're just not winners uh, right now. They're just not winners. You have a quarterback that can't, <laughs> just cannot, <sighs> complete a winning drive. In fact, occasionally he can. I guess he did in a postseason game against the Saints. It's like once in a blue moon, but not often enough to lead this team anywhere. It's like, sure, he came out and had that spectacular game against the Saints last year, but that was absolutely out of nowhere because the next week was the total opposite against San Francisco. It was just an absolute utter devastation, and generally speaking, you cannot count on this quarterback to lead this franchise. Uh, Last week, I should have given him more grief than I did. I dumped it all on (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Hill there, uh, Holton Hill. But right now, I'm more interested in piling on Cousins, I guess. And just the situation this franchise is in right now, we'll just kind of get started here. Obviously, the first two drives were three and out, but then you saw some beautiful, fantastic offense. You felt so confident. You felt so good. The Vikings were actually leading in the game and for an extended period. That was, again, after the Vikings defense gave up a decent amount of yards and then stopped Tennessee in the red zone to force uh, some uh, 39-yarder and a 31-yarder for Gotzkowski, who we'll talk about quite a bit today, I'm sure. Next thing you knew, though, the Vikings offense came out to play. Dalvin Cook was able to scamper for a 39-yarder. You felt good. That was the first Vikings lead in I don't know how long, pretty much the whole damn season. And then the Vikings have another great drive where you saw Justin Jefferson haul in his first great, great uh, reception, a 39-yard catch. That was absolutely awesome. Which ultimately led to a beautiful sail into the end zone for Adam Thielen. That was absolutely great. So you didn't see Kirk Cousins completely depending on Adam Thielen like he did last week. Some of the dumbest crap you ever saw. As you saw Justin Jefferson being able to create separation during the course of this game. Winds up with, my goodness, winds up with uh, seven catches, 175 yards. Was targeted nine times. One of them in the end zone. Because Mr. Butler, Malcolm Butler, made a couple of spectacular uh, pass deflections in this game. Both of them were touchdown savers and forced the Vikings to kick field goals. Uh, or, well, I guess in that case, they were both on the same drive. So, it, in this case, uh, the Justin Jefferson possible touchdown. The ball just maybe wasn't high enough, but you can't really rag on Cousins for that one necessarily. It was just a great play by Butler. Adam Thielen, similarly, down the stretch on what would have been a touchdown as well. So, both of them denied by Malcolm Butler on what would be the left side of the field in that case, the left side of the end zone, so to speak, where Kirk Cousins tried to sail it in, but unfortunately 
just wasn't meant to be. Uh, Cousins had completed 10 consecutive passes along the way and that, until the pass deflection from Malcolm Butler. After that, it was a uh, drop-off a bit from Cousins. But then you did see the 71-yard catch, which ultimately Justin Jefferson had to break two or three tackles after the catch. It was about a 30-ish yard completion, 30-39, 40-yard completion. And Justin Jefferson able to keep his balance, his concentration, able to turn turn and shift his body in the right direction to create the missed tackles. And next thing you know, <laughs> off he went because obviously the angles by the players, once they miss, it's too late. And Justin Jefferson was able to kind of tippy-toe into the end zone, an interesting-looking dance move, so to speak, into the end zone. Seven catches for uh, 175 total yards. That was his first touchdown of his NFL career, and it was a doggone spectacular one. There's no doubt about that. 71-yard play, Justin Jefferson. Is he the next Randy Moss? No. Uh, Is he potentially better than a lot of the receivers we've had here for a long, long time? Absolutely. Uh, is he Stefan Diggs? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> he just might be. Uh, obviously, he looks a little different than Stefan Diggs. His, his game's a little different. Maybe he's got a... Uh, it's, it's hard to explain. He's kind of a tweener like Diggs in a way, like kind of slot versus wide out, that type of thing. Slot receiver versus wide out. He is technically a wide out, but he can certainly play in the slot, just like Adam Thielen, same thing. He was a slot earlier in his career, and he's played wide out for a while now. Uh, of course, he'll play slot as well at times. It's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, B.C. Johnson wasn't even in the game. Uh, Chad Beebe was able to make a seven-yard catch, but of course, it was on a play where you need 10 yards, and the 10 yards just weren't there for Chad Beebe. <laughs> he, there's no way he was going to break the tackle. He doesn't have that kind of quickness. I don't even know why he's a kick returner, honestly. I don't know why. I guess he's fumbled on a kick return in the past. He gets hurt a lot, this and that. I, I don't know. I, uh, Chad Beebe, I'm not really a big fan, to be quite honest with you. Kyle Rudolph, again, a guy who's been pretty invisible during the course of the first half of the season, or first three games anyway. It feels like the first half already. He was invisible in the first half last year, and he merged later on and became one of the biggest stars of the Minnesota Vikings down the stretch when the Vikings made the postseason last year. And Kyle Rudolph, again, with a spectacular game-ending play to defeat the Nolan Saints. That was absolutely awesome. We all remember that very well. Acrobatic, spectacular, nice reach, just concentration, getting his feet in bounds. You saw his. You saw the, the dirt fly up from the purple section of the end zone with both feet. That, of course, is in bounds. What a great play by Kyle Rudolph. Again, two catches for only 11 yards, but that was a biggie. Uh, Eight-yard touchdown play for Mr. Kyle Rudolph there. And all he does is catch touchdowns, right? And that's why he makes a big contract. Odds are he's going to be restructured or let go at the end of the season, unfortunately. That would be a sad end to 10 wonderful years in Minnesota. Rudolph the redhead tight end. (laughs) Or strawberry blonde, I don't know what you'd want to call him. I'd say the redhead tight end. Sounds a little better. Uh, Dalvin Cook, though, absolutely unbelievable throughout most of this game. On occasion, again, got the old three yards in a cloud of dust or less. Two yards in a cloud of dust. Remember this soundbite from the past? That's the two or three yards in a cloud of dust sound. Yeah, at least that's the way I like to interpret it. Because it's just, here he goes, you know, you get the idea, right? Does, does it make sense? Okay, I know. I'm, I know, I'm blowing an opportunity of a lifetime by trying to be a bad comedian, right? I know, it's not even necessarily trying to be funny, it's just acknowledging how it goes. But a 281-yard game, I mean, damn it, I wish he had that little 38-yard scamper available down the stretch when the Vikings were actually leading in the game when our offense suddenly decided to stop 
executing, and I mean completely stopped executing. He was 38 yards shy of, of the Grand 200. That would have been spectacular. It just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately, but unbelievable day. Uh, Justin Jefferson had, what, 104 yards with four catches in the first half. Second half, it just wasn't the same. He did have that one big-time spectacular play, but it was actually six catches in the first half. He did have the one big spectacular play for the 71-yard 70 yard touchdown, but after that, that was it. It was just that one big play, unfortunately, uh, before and after in the second half. Madison, you can continue to say he could be a starting running back in, throughout the NFL, and in this day and age when you're relying much more on quarterbacks than running backs, Madison could absolutely be a starting running back in the league. Cook, obviously, you can tell he's worth every penny. Uh, he outplayed Derrick Henry in this game. Less rushes, more more yards, blah, blah, blah. Not that Derrick Henry was bad. He still averaged almost five yards a carry and got in the end zone twice. You can't complain a whole lot about that. And Cook did fumble, so maybe he didn't play. Uh, outplayed Derrick Henry after all. <laughs> no, he, no, I guess not. But it was still an entertaining, spectacular game by Delvin Cook. Uh, it was a disappointing fumble, per se. It's just unfortunate. He was rolling around on C.J. Ham on the play. It's just the way it goes, the momentum carrying you, and C.J. Ham, unfortunately, was on the ground underneath Cook. Otherwise, Cook would have hit the ground before the ball came out. Unfortunately, it was a fumble, this and that. Luckily, Tennessee did not capitalize too much on that one. Uh, it was mostly field goals for Tennessee today, but frickin' Gotskowski made all of them. All of them. He made multiple 50-yarders in this game. He made everything. Six kicks, including the ultimate game winner from 55 bleeping yards. Uh, Dan Bailey, well, he made the 41-yarder right down the pipe. That was, what, 21 in a row. Made all of his extra points. But then but then you had the moments later on in the game when the Vikings had a lead, a decent lead. No, it wasn't much of a lead, but it was a lead. It was a five-point lead. Would have helped. Would have helped a lot if the Vikings could have uh, got the job done. If he could have made the kick. But it kind of gives you shades of the Atlanta Falcons in a way. But... I don't know. It's not like it was an easy kick. 49 yards is not easy. But the circumstances of this kick were absolutely ridiculous and frustrating and stupid. So it's like it figures that he missed. He's ready to kick it from 49 yards out. False start. Okay. So now he's ready to kick it from 54. Okay, yeah, what the hell? There's no way that's legal. <laughs> I forget who it was. I think it was Kahlo. Yeah, Joshua Kahlo was in on the play way too early. Like, yeah, okay, that's offsides, right? And then it was. The kick was blocked, but thank God it was an offsides call. So we're back to 49. And then he, what do you call it, sliced it. That would be, uh, yeah, you're trying to kick it to the right, and it went left. He sliced it, was uh, Mr. Dan Bailey. So that was the end of his beautiful uh, streak that was leading in the NFL. Uh, Gotskowski, my God. I believe it's like 49, like about I forget what it was. 39 yards in, he's made like 60 in a row or something. Good God, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, it's just another Prater from uh, Detroit. I guess he's a Prater type. And, well, it was a great kick. It was a great kick, and all of his kicks were great, honestly. All of his kicks were great. Multiple 50-yarders, 19 points. So, out there, if you got Steven Kutzkowski on your fantasy team, that's where a kicker can literally win you a game. 19 points? A kicker can literally win you a game with a game like that, and I'm sure some leagues, they give you more for those longer kicks. I think they do, but uh, my goodness, man, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I can't complain about Dan Bailey. It's just disappointing that he couldn't make that one. 
just disappointing that he couldn't make that one. Overall, the game was, you know, extremely entertaining to watch. Fun third quarter for a little while. It was fun in the early stages of it. That great play for Justin Jefferson, but then there it was. It was mostly the second quarter was where most of the fun happened, but then you had that great play with Justin Jefferson. We're up by 12 points, and it felt so freaking good. Uh, and then you had mistake after mistake. But what really set the tone in this game with the Vikings leading 17-9, to so of course, again, a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and the Titans tie it. The Tennessee Titans, Nashville Titans, Tennessee Titans tie it up, would be, uh, again, you figured it was going to happen right away because the first pass of the freaking second half, Kirk Cousins was, well, this is one of the nine targets that went to Justin Jarvis and one of the two that failed, of course, so the, the deflected touchdown and then the the, uh, the deflected touchdown and then this one. The one where Cousins drops back to pass and I don't know if it was a, a, a bad route or anything, but Kirk Cousins' leadership is uh, definitely in question after the game when we talk about the whole thing, but it might have been a bad route. One way or another, it was a terrible situation where Kirk Cousins literally just threw the ball right into Joseph's hands. It was about five or six yards away from uh, where you would want the ball to be completed to Justin Jefferson. Uh, Mr. Joseph had a pick six, but then there was an illegal block in the back, which saved our ass. Wasn't that cute? Uh, Jonathan Joseph, again, he had a lot of tackles today because Justin Jefferson was making a lot of catches. That was nice. Again, Malcolm Butler, absolutely great down the stretch. But uh, who was it again? Clowney, of course. Jadavian Clowney, of all people. An illegal block to the back, I guess. I guess, on Justin Jefferson. He did it to Justin Jefferson before Jefferson could even have an opportunity to make a play on Jonathan Joseph. I'm not sure Justin Jefferson was even in range to make the play. That's where a lot of people were like, eh, it's kind of ticky-tack, kind of a ticky-tack call. It kind of was. Uh, Kirk Cousins, bad play. Uh, but, of course, was Justin Jefferson off with the route? I don't know. In a situation like that, you might want to wonder. But, I don't know, leadership by your quarterback at times would be nice because after the game, they just kind of were talking about the general game, not even just that play, but the whole game. And he just said, uh, I'll have to look at the film rather than kind of taking it on him particularly down the stretch. He just has to look at the film, this and that, rather than taking it on him, even though it might not always be his fault. You know, maybe show some leadership a little bit. Give your other players some confidence, this and that. Show that you're willing to deflect some of the slings and arrows from the media and from the fans. But Kirk Cousins has never done that. Absolutely never done that since he's gotten here. Uh, going all the way back to the uh, Los Angeles Rams game, that shootout in Los Angeles, that beautiful Coliseum shootout years ago. One of the coolest games I've ever watched, but of course we lost, and Kirk Cousins made a terrible play down the stretch in that one, but of course he was ready to throw Riley Reef under the bus immediately after that game. He didn't give a damn about that one either. Uh, threw him right under the bus. Just, yeah, get the idea, right under the bus. Uh, defensively, you know, <clears throat> there were some big plays. Of course, you saw Harrison Smith get a nice interception, returned 16 yards. He made some good plays in this game. George Ioka returns to Minnesota. Remember that guy? We got him in 2018 and never played him a lick. Remember that guy? We brought him in to help and he played and he got a tackle in the game. Good for him, George Ioka. He's he's alive. Nice to see you, George. Welcome back, buddy. And I mean that sincerely. Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe is the best player on the defense right now. He is uh, doing a hell of a job so far. I would have to say he is. Uh, he's either the best player or the most interesting player defensively because he is constantly causing havoc 
in the pocket. He did get one sack. He probably could have gotten two or three today, maybe four. Uh, he also had a tackle for loss on the running back, Derrick Henry, as well, down the stretch. Uh, fairly fairly early in the game, but it was a big-time play, uh, showing that there's more to Yannick Ngakwe than just a pass-rushing defensive end. Uh, he's literally there to tackle players that have the ball. I mean, and that's what a defensive player is supposed to be, not just a one-dimensional pass rusher like uh, KGB years ago, if that was his name. I think I'm... And decent in the run-stopping, I guess. I mean, generally speaking, it didn't feel like it, though, because Derrick Henry still averaged about five yards a carry and 120 yards and two touchdowns, so you can't get too excited about the run defense in this game. But there were stretches where this Vikings team kept the Tennessee Titans in check very nicely, particularly on those third and short plays, because the Tennessee Titans during the course of this one were 0-6 on third down. So extremely impressive there. At the end of the day, they were 0 and 6 on those third plays. Now, yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, that was in the second half, pardon me. 3 and 13 overall for the Tennessee Titans. Still not efficient at all. Minnesota 4 and 10. Vikings failed on fourth down at one point, and the Tennessee Titans uh, was able, were able to convert on fourth down in their play. The offensive plays were pretty equal in the game. The offensive numbers and everything. Total yards, 444 for Tennessee, Minnesota, 464. By far our best offensive output of the year against a team that's pretty good defensively at the end of the day. Uh, beautiful net yards rushing, 226 for Minnesota, sparkling there. Uh, yards per rush, almost seven a game, almost seven a carry part. I mean, time of possession in favor of Tennessee. Surprise. But it was only by about two, two minutes this time, so I can't complain a whole lot. At the end of the day, mm. there were moments here and there, but again, Kirk Cousins sacked twice during the course of this one. At the end of the day, the one thing we're all going to remember the most, despite the beautiful numbers, I mean, it's memorable stuff, beautiful numbers, beautiful plays, and, you know, Delvin Cook had some spectacular runs along the way, a couple of 30-yard gains where he made some just awesome moves. Looked like uh, Walter Payton a little bit on one or two of those, where he kind of split around, moved around, and kind of faked some guys to the to the side, to, to, to fake some guys out of bounds, this and that, some great plays, and that big smile on his face. Uh, memorable, memorable plays. But it was the last drive that a lot of us come home feeling with, with, a, with a very sour taste in our mouth right now, very bitter taste in our mouth. The last drive where the Vikings are, in, are trailing by only one point. Trailing is trailing, so obviously when this, when this clock hits zero, you lose the game if you're down, plain and simple. You know, that's not even kindergarten, it's preschool. But the last drive was just horse crap. Absolute horse crap to uh, prevent myself from cursing my head off. Uh, absolute horse crap. Um, couldn't even gain a yard, couldn't even do anything. Uh, you get a holding call right away. You get stacked multiple times there. Kirk Cousins couldn't move a lick, could not sense pressure for his life. He, he's never going to be able to sense pressure because he just doesn't. Uh, no mobility. And, of course, the offensive line could be good and solid all day. They're averaging, what, they're like the third best uh, time in the NFL. Kirk Cousins is the third best time in the NFL to get rid of the ball, at least in the first two weeks, which sounds insane. That shows you how bad Cousins is, actually. <laughs> it really does, actually. But um, it, it seems, though, when you absolutely need the pass protection in the big moments and, and or Kirk Cousins to sense pressure, neither of them happen. Absolutely neither of them happen. And what is up with Mike Zimmer and his love with that red flag, throwing it at the dumbest times when it's like there's no real evidence to overturn a call in the play, so what's the point? 
multiple occasions in this game that happened in both halves. Uh, both challenges were, again, <laughs> rejected. That's great. Uh, denied, rejected, whatever you want to say. It was not good. Um, a, a, just not a well-coached game. The offense was spectacular in some moments, but then when you needed it most, it, it just wasn't there. There was nothing to be had. Uh, the big plays weren't there. The little plays weren't there. The medium-sized plays weren't there. The plays on the moon weren't there either. They, they just weren't. There was nothing to be had. It was just absolute, utter devastation. Mike Zimmer at the end of the game called that last drive utter chaos rather than, like, you know, getting more frontal with the quarterback. And the quarterback simply said, I'll have to watch the film. That's it. I'll have to watch the film. Yep, I'm going to blame this guy and blame that guy. I'm going to watch the film first. Okay, Leslie Frazier. <laughs> Leslie Frazier did that to be nice because he didn't want to be frontal with his players, even though on occasion maybe it would be okay once in a while. But Frazier was like the nicest guy ever, I guess. Uh, where Zimmer could be a little more frontal once in a while, but he's afraid to with this guy because he's he, he can't handle it. And that's been the talk with all the different shows in town. Score North especially love what they do when they uh, get frontal on Kirk Cousins because, well, maybe you should get frontal on him. He's not been good. And he's certainly not living up to his paycheck, which is, what, like a top-five quarterback in the league. Dak Prescott's better than Kirk Cousins. And it, would I be literally dancing on the moon if the Vikings uh, uh, acquired Dak Prescott tomorrow? No. But Dak Prescott's better than Kirk Cousins. Plain and simple. Would I be dancing on the moon if the Vikings had Russell Wilson tomorrow? Yeah. Because <laughs> I think there, there it is. That's the ultimate quarterback for the Vikings right now. And the Vikings could have Russell Wilson. Or, of course, Patrick Mahomes. That'd be even better. Obviously with more youth. Um, <laughs> and like I'll say it 100,000 times. How many times... Are the Vikings in a third and short, fourth and this, third and this, third, third and short, or third and third and eight? It's not short, like third, but it's not super long. It's not like twenty-five yards, like the final drive, which was completely worthless. It was a typical Kirk Cousins drive when you need it the most. It's like, oh, he got sacked, or you know, it's incomplete, overthrown. He got sacked again, and it's fourth and thirty. You get the punting came out, and the game's over, or just whatever. The game is over, plain and simple. Go, go for it, and then it's incomplete. That type of thing. That sounds like Kirk Cousins. Uh, what am I even getting to? I don't know. Just Kirk Cousins is not worth uh, the thirty-plus million dollars. Everybody knows that by now. I think that's safe to say. Is he a top-five quarterback? No, he's getting paid like a top-three quarterback. He'll 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 never be close to that. At the end of the day, he, I, as a person off the field, I'm sure he's the greatest ever. Oh, well, you know, most of these guys try to be good people. I love the, the Christian side of Kirk Cousins. I don't love what I'm seeing on the field, though. Uh, you know, <laughs> how about a little, how about instead of being scared and panicking and making bad plays, how about a little, <laughs> okay, dare I say it, should I say this? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How about a little more of that sometimes, Kirk Cousins, instead of just, yeah, <laughs> Instead of the same old, same old. And then just, you know, tough times don't last. Tough guys do. But, I don't know. It doesn't last. The tough times don't last. And the good times don't last either with Kirk Cousins. That's where my number one rant on Kirk Cousins is going to come out on this show today. And on future shows until, well, until the Vikings get to somebody else at the helm who's hopefully better in these big moments. It's just the way it is for me. Love what Justin Jefferson's going to bring. A lot of people are saying he's already... Uh, he's he's already got star potential in this league, and he probably does. I mean, you sit and watch 
during the draft and all that, you know, leading up into the draft, you're researching the players that will hopefully be floating around where the Vikings are drafting, and Justin Jefferson is one of those guys, and in previous drafts, there weren't as many wide receivers, there, there wasn't as much depth at the wide receiver in the draft as this year, so we got absolutely blessed. Justin Jefferson should have gone in, you know, 10th, 11th in, in the draft, 9th, 8th. He's not Julio Jones, but he's like literally a half tier below him. Like Julio Jones is a top tier wide receiver. Every time I think who's the best receiver in the NFL, it, you know, like Julio Jones comes to mind immediately. Regardless if his execution isn't at the level it was in certain years, particularly 2015. But uh, Justin Jefferson to me is a, you know, a half tier below or so the Julio Joneses. Uh, he's keeping up with the Joneses, maybe. Okay, I know that sounds goofy. Trying to add some crappy attempt at humor there in a in a situation where uh, as a tank for Trevor, I, I guess. I guess. I mean, I'd love to have Trevor Lawrence as a Vikings quarterback. I'd like to have Fields as well. I'd like to have something like that. I'd like to have a, f- a future quarterback that we can trust in, that we can believe in, that isn't eating up the entire cap either. That'd be nice. We have to pray that our left bleeping tackle is willing enough to restructure his contract like two weeks before the season because we acquired an awesome defensive end. That type of thing, which obviously helps quite a bit. <laughs> I love Yannick Ngakwe. Just the the first game of Yannick Ngakwe's uh, career with Minnesota wasn't that impressive, but it's like, what do you expect? What do you expect? It's like he just got here. You know, it was kind of a mess. Uh, strange situation. And then next thing you know, now that he's getting comfortable, and it's just like, yeah, he's, he's a legit player. And again, the, the other fact that all the pressure was on him because there's no Daniel Hunter. And now a lot of people would tell you that uh, why bring Daniel Hunter back? We're talking neck injury here, and are we tanking for Trevor? Are we failing for Fields? Are we this? Are we that? Are we just trying to get a decent draft pick one way or another rather than screwing around and winding up with another Anthony Barr? <laughs> or what's the other guy? Uh, Trey Wayne's type of player. Let's let's get somebody who's lived a legitimate franchise player going into this draft because I think we need it. Uh, I, I think we do. We're good at defensive line for the most part as long as Hunter does come back at some point. This and that. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Tannehill, obviously. Tennessee, I mean, what can you say? They're a good, solid team. you got the best running back in the league. It's pretty much this. These were the best running backs in the league pretty much overall. Talent for talent, i got to think. it's These are the, the top-tier guys. These are the Julio Joneses uh, at the running back position in the NFL are Derrick Henry, Delvin Cook, and uh, I guess Zeke Elliott, I guess. I mean, I'm not a giant fan of his. He's okay, but he's, I don't know. We sure kicked his butt, didn't we? <laughs> when it mattered. That was kind of nice last year. I kind of like that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is one of those guys who, he didn't have a great game. The Vikings defense was solid, but he got the plays that he needed to down the stretch. Good for him. Uh, he's a good quarterback. As long as he can stay healthy, he's a good quarterback. He was just in a uh, kind of a purgatory in Miami. If they could ever clean up their, their house down there in Miami, maybe that'd be a, a proud franchise they once were. But Tennessee could go a long way. It's 3-0. and I mean, they, they better win the AFC South. Screw the Texans, but that's what we're going to talk about next week. Hopefully Vikings can end their losing streak there. Or do we truly want the Vikings to end the losing streak? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Fran Tarkington Award, and I'm not going to forget the stars this week like I did last year for the uh, fan interaction segment. I'm going to pass those out as soon as I give out the Tarkington and Ponder Awards for this game. Fran Tarkington Award, it's Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. A, a Jefferson is born, a star is born, and Delvin Cook had his best game ever, uh, which is 
good considering who Delvin Cook is to have his best game ever. That must have been a hell of a game. Big freaking waste, though. What a freaking waste that we didn't win. Freaking waste. But uh, maybe we're tanking for Trevor, I guess, to join these guys. Until you get uh, a... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, the odds of the Vikings getting Trevor Lawrence are like one in a bajillion. We all know how things go. We'll finish 6-10 and 10 and we'll get, you know, Christian Ponder 2.0. Yeah. Isn't that just wonderful? Okay, well, so those guys get it, and I'm going to give an honorable mention with uh, uh, with gold plating on it to uh, defensive on the defensive side of the ball to Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, he is a, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. Absolutely love him. Keep him forever. Keep him forever. Uh, if, if if you can, and pray to God he stays healthy. Uh, Christian Ponder Memorial. It's going to it's going to Kirk Cousins and the offensive line protection, the pass protection down the stretch. I don't know. I mean, Kirk Cousins had some great moments in this game. He was sharp for a while, was a 10 straight completions. And then when just a couple things don't go so well, down the down the you-know-whatter he goes. Fill in the S-word there. Because uh, I'm trying not to swear too much on this show, but down the crapper he goes, down the stretch. It's And the coaching of Mike Zimmer as well. It's just, I don't know, he's too one-dimensional. You know, it's the same thing. Kirk Cousins wants to watch the film first. Mike Zimmer it just wants to concentrate on defense rather than have a little bit more of a you know have a little bit more responsibility offensively as well this and that you're still the head coach of this team Mike so uh, great take by I'm not going to steal this idea completely here from uh, Phil Mackey of course but I'm just saying he was mentioning that and I agree with that you know it's just it's just too one dimensional at the end of the day uh, Kirk Cousins again just you know just did you know what down his leg or whatever other anecdote you may have about that. With this, I will take a quick break. We will have uh, hopefully some more fun stuff to talk about in the ultra fun segment number two. We'll look around the league and the NFC North and talk about the Houston Texans. We're going to Houston tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> we'll have our as <laughs> what was <laughs> as Bill Walton would say when you go to Houston, have your gumball <laughs> have your I don't even remember what he said. Just uh, have your gun belt strapped tight. Yeah, it was something like that. Okay, I blew that one, but I'm going to leave that on there anyway because it's fun. I'm not one for cutting out some of my little goofy anecdotes, I guess. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the NFL and especially the NFC North and all that. Always love this segment. Of course, Minnesota losing 31-30 to Tennessee. And I did have something during the break, we'll call it, during the break. You know, I had a Chinese dinner and got a fortune cookie. This is an interesting one. Uh, let's. Why does this sound like Kirk Cousins to me? Now, let's see what this says. To measure up to all that is demanded of him, a man must overestimate his capacities. Not, now, that's interesting, isn't it? A man must overestimate his capacities. Does he, though? Yeah, I mean, in this case, I mean, I wonder if he does. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of fitting, isn't it? Because, I mean, it's just, oh, we got to look at the film, this and that. He doesn't seem to expect enough from himself at times, even though you think he does. 
but he needs to expect more from himself than he does because it's just like, oh, we got to check the film, all that. So just thought I'd bring that up and maybe we'll refer to that again as we move forward. But for the sake of time, let's, uh, let's get the wheels turning. How about this? The Battle of Florida. Yeah, man, Miami and Jacksonville. So I'm talking about Thursday night football. Thursday night does run into some of these type of games. You might think it's a dud, but Miami played well. It was kind of fun. It was kind of fun, and Jacksonville started fairly decent to open up the season, to be quite honest. I mean, be, let's let's be honest. Let's be fair about it. Ryan Fitzmagic had a very magical game. Uh, well, not really. He had 160 yards passing, but did get two touchdowns. Was very, very efficient there. I go smacking my lips again. I'm sure I'm in... I gotta cut that out. I mean, I actually agree with the... Yeah, I, I agree. So let's keep moving. Um, Garner Minshew, not so great. Garner Minshew the second, by the way. James Hollywood Robinson. Yeah, okay, that's an inside joke with the Timberwolves many years ago. Miles Gaskin. It wasn't the most exciting game to watch, but I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse football games than this, and it's nice to see Miami be successful. I actually like the Miami Dolphins. I kind of always have. I've kind of always liked the Miami Dolphins. So it's good to see them having a little bit of success, and my God, they got a lot of sacks in the game, didn't they? Kyle Vinoy... Emmanuel, okay, good luck with this one. Agba, ah, it wasn't that hard. Half a sack. Camo Gregor Yule. Zach Sealer shared it with Agba. And, of course, Andrew Van Ginkle. What is going on here? Andrew Van Ginkle. Oh, my God. This is a complicated uh, complicated business here, uh, reviewing a Miami Dolphins game. That'd be fun. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun to be the play-by-play play, play play voice of the Miami Dolphins, wouldn't it? But Ryan Fitzmagic, yep, no no Tua yet. No Tua yet. You had those very uh, teal uniforms for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were all teal. We're talking the whole thing. It looked like pajamas, kind of. But I actually kind of like the colors. Most people would look at this and think it's like the ugliest thing they ever saw. No, it's not the ugliest thing I ever saw. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, that's just the way I see it. But the Dolphins winning 31-13, that's kind of cool, too. I want the Dolphins to get better. I mean, they got their bleeping quarterback, okay? They can't keep tanking every year for the next quarterback because this guy busted. And now we're going to tank again for the next quarterback because this guy busted. And now we're going to tank again for this. And then Garner Minshew the fourth will be their starting quarterback. And he'll be like a legend. Like, he'll be the greatest quarterback since, you know, anybody. He'll be better than every, he'll break every record that ever happened in the NFL. Garner Minshew the fourth, not the third now. The fourth. We're talking, you know, like 40 years from now. And the Miami Dolphins will, will be the first NFL team to three-peat a Super Bowl champions. Okay, well, let's move on. Not to Chicago-Atlanta just yet. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Might want to save that one for last. Maybe. We get to play the Houston Texans next. Isn't that cool? Got to play the Houston Texans. How about the Buffalo Bills? Buffalo Bills are Buffalo Billin'. Whatever that means. 35-32, a shootout in the old... Well, a shootout in Buffalo, uh, 35 to 32, but kind of a cool game. Must have been fun to watch, I'm sure, for everyone involved, since no one really got to attend it. Josh Allen is just getting better and better, and Stefan Diggs is helping him. Let's just tell you, it, it helps a nice young quarterback to have a really good receiver, as long as the guy isn't driving him crazy and treating him like crap. Uh, Stefan Diggs, only 49 yards. I did get in the end zone on these four catches. Tyler Croft, Tyler Croft got... Two touchdowns if you just happen to have him as you're like your fifth string receiver because I don't know Tyler Croft huh Tyler Croft okay well he had 24 yards on his four catches but he got in the end zone twice so that's nice Cooper Cup Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams continuing to have a spectacular season and good for him 
107 yards, a touchdown, 10 catch, 10 targets, pardon me, with his 9 catches, but, you know, it's a nice, solid game. Jared, Jared Goff had a solid game, but he had an interception. Josh Allen also, same thing, but a spectacular overall performance, quarterback rating and all that. It certainly helps when you have four touchdown passes. Just kind of fun, you know. Nice to see uh, Buffalo doing well. It really is. I actually really enjoy it. Josh Allen only eight yards rushing. That's kind of an anomaly considering what he is. He's a big-time rushing quarterback. And there's the new Los Angeles Rams blue uniforms, and they're not bad. They're kind of good. I kind of like them. I kind of like it, actually. It's not too bad. I liked what they had before, and I'll say for the 99,000th time, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Take a look at those Buffalo Bills uniforms and tell me if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's not broken and don't fix it. Leave them alone. They're, they're, they're pretty cool. Like what the Buffalo Bills have been doing the last uh, X amount of years. Those Rams jerseys, yeah, okay. They look very similar to the classics. So, I mean, that's acceptable to me in a lot of ways even though it's a new version of it. So it's not the prettiest thing ever, and they were all blue, which is a little weird. But still, you know, uh, it's better than those ones during the, uh, you know, the in-between era for about 20 years there where they were kind of silverish colored and stuff, kind of gray and silver. I didn't like that at all. It's garbage. Uh, Good, though. Good for the Bills. Kind of a shootout there, and they pulled it off, even though the Rams made a valiant comeback effort in the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter, but they couldn't uh, pull it off. Buffalo ended up finishing the job. Josh Allen with a game-winning drive down the stretch, hitting that Tyler Croft for his second touchdown of the game to help the Buffalo Bills start three and... Oh, all right. Good job, Buffalo. Good. Good on you, mate. They're going to, you know... I mean, well, they do have competition to win that NFC or AFC East part of me because New England's not going away. They're not going away. It's a brown bowl. It's a brown bowl. It's a maroon bowl. It's something. It's the Minnesota... It's the Washington Golden Gophers because it is the Washington Golden Gophers. It's an upside-down W or something. But it's the Washington Golden Gophers versus the Cleveland Browns. And the Golden Gophers are now 1-2 and two because Cleveland scored 34 points. All right, 34-20. to 20. Good job, Cleveland. 17 points in the fourth quarter. I'm sure Vince Germano, out of Australia, old Vinrock, the greatest of all time when it comes to Timberwolves' explosion. Him and Tene Brown are like the legends of that show. Uh, and then, of course, the host of the Courtside Podcast, that would be <laughs> that would be Wayne Hunt. Yep, those guys just really helped that show out and just love those guys so much. Uh, Wayne Hunt out of Australia, Vince Germano out of Australia, Tene Brown out of New Zealand, who's also a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer now, Tene Brown. But uh, Vince Germano is a Cleveland Browns fan, and congratulations, his Los Angeles Lakers return back to the NBA Finals, though LeBron James is, you know, LeBron James's constant political uh, outbursts have turned me off a little bit. Just a, just a touch. And you don't have to agree with me at all. Nobody has to agree with me. But that's my opinion. He has turned me off. And I love LeBron James so much. Vince, uh, I, in case you're listening, I'm uh, Tanae probably is, most likely. God bless you. I hope he is. And, um, yeah, that's what's, that's kind of my thought process about that. I just thought I'd get that in there. But uh, when when LeBron James went to the Lakers, it's like, wow, I might actually like the Lakers now. And I and I kind of already was closetly starting to like them a little bit anyway, just because, you know, when you're friends with somebody and they love that team and you start to kind of feel the same, you know, it's just how it is sometimes, unless you're one of the type of people that loves fighting and arguing with people, which I, I, I don't. Uh, but anyhow, Baker Mayfield, nice, solid game. There he goes, smacking the lips. Baker Mayfield, solid game, though. Nice to see him stepping up again. And Dwayne Hoskins, Haskins, 
tank for Trevor Washington because I don't think that guy's the answer. It looks like another Tavares. Looks like another Christian Ponder. Just looks like somebody that isn't real good. You know, Dwayne Haskins. He's he's not real good. He's not. He he might be one of those career backup kind of guys. You know, you take in the first round and it just doesn't work out. You know, I hate saying it, but I'm sure Washington. I want to say Redskins, but Washington football team, Washington Golden Gophers fans, are saying the same thing about Dwayne Haskins Jr. It's not happening. It's not happening at all. Yeah, Tavares Jackson, just just in, just insert your disappointing quarterback, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who didn't who didn't finish the game today. Nick Chubb, two touchdowns. There's a fantasy guy right there, 108 yards. It's almost six yards a carry. You're never gonna lose a football game when your starting running back is getting six yards a carry, unless your coach is an idiot. I mean, you have to be some kind of bleeping idiot if your running back is doing that well. See, a long of 25, that's nice. That's a nice gain, but it's not like 77 you know, or 80, and then that that boosts up your yards per carry. That's just like a solid run, along with a lot of other just solid runs. And when you're able to do that, there's no way you're going to lose the football game. Call me old school, call me 90 years old, call me call me 1971, 1961, 1981, I don't give a damn. If, if, if they're giving you, <laughs> if they're giving you that many yards per carry, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, of of course, your quarterback's going to have success as well because it keeps the defense honest. This and that, just like old Tech Mobile. But yeah, I mean, you don't need to run your guy into the ground. But again, if you're getting that many yards per carry, uh, go out and have fun. Kareem Hunt didn't have nearly the success level, but still solid, still solid. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not a fan. Obviously, Jarvis Landry. I'm kind of a fan of him. Kareem Hunt, kind of a fan, except for the incident that was a bummer. Oh, Henderson Deu <laughs> leading the team in tackles. Well, no, no, he's up there. He wasn't the leader, but he was one of the top guys. Probably because he gave up the catch. But then again, safeties are usually supposed to tackle. They're there to help, not necessarily for coverage strictly, like a cornerback is. If your cornerback is leading your team in tackles, that's probably that probably means he's getting burned a lot. But that's just how I look at it, right? Uh, congratulations, Cleveland, though. Two and one. Very easy win over Washington today. Just solid, solid win. Well, not easy, but a solid, strong finish, uh, I should say. Four, 17 points in the fourth, 17 points in the second. That's kind of funny how that turned out. New England Patriots versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Kind of like the divisional uh, round back in 2001. But uh, that's that's the way it goes, right? <laughs> that was fun stuff. Just one of those type of things. But it was a cool memory for me, I suppose. It was... Well, back when the Raiders were actually kind of good. But 36-20, uh, to 20, and the Raiders had been good until today because, I don't know, I mean, New England is legit, aren't they? They're legit. They got in a shootout with Seattle last week, kind of like Dallas today. Entertaining game, I suppose. But uh, quite the shootout with Dallas and Seattle, quite the shootout with New England and Seattle last Sunday night. Right now you got uh, Nolens and the Green Bay Packers flashing on the screen. Cool look. That's a cool look. The black uh, Saints jerseys with the white, gold, green, all that crap uh, Packers jerseys. It looks nice. I actually kind of, I kind of like the look. I kind of like the look. It, it, it's, it's pleasing to the eye, honestly. We can hate the Packers all we want. We can hate the Saints all we want. In fact, most of us, if you ever played a Final Fantasy game, you'd want to cast the X Zone spell. So these, both of these teams just vanish into the X Zone and you never see them again. But yeah, uh, it looks cool though. Like the logos and colors look kind of cool to to the eye. It actually it actually blends well in with the the field, the surroundings, and all that. But back to where I need to be. I apologize. It's no score so far in the game, even though it's not necessarily news. It's just kind of for fun. Uh, but great game by the by the Patriots again. My goodness, 
Cam Newton showing that mobility last week a bit. Not his best game today, but they got the job done. I mean, the Patriots defense does what they need to do. Derek Carr didn't turn the ball over, which is really nice. Quarterback rating of 120, and they still find a way to lose. Josh Jacobs, solid game, but they still find a way to lose big time. Because Patriots just know what they're doing. Uh, Rex Burkhead, a couple of touchdowns on the goal line there. Sony Michelle, awesome game for him. A 48 long, 117 yards. And I'll say it again. I mean, it wasn't up to Cam Newton and his mobility or his overall. Yeah, because his mobility wasn't that great in the game. He had one big run, but other than that, it was just really short stuff. But when they're giving up a billion yards on the ground, just go for it, man. I mean, Rex Burkhead, eight yards a carry on his six carries. J.J. Taylor, four yards a carry. Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle, 13 yards a carry. Yeah, pa- Patriots win. Sometimes old school really is best school. And Paul Allen says that a lot on KFAN, and I agree with that. Old school is best school. Not with everything. Certainly with music and movies, in my mind. I can't really handle anything... Uh, I can't really handle modern music. I can't stand it, but uh, I cannot. Video games, old school is best school. Football can be old school, best school too, and it was today. I mean, in black and blue football. And, um, well, it was black and blue football for the Patriots. Great job. Two and one. It's a freaking shame they lost to the Sea Chickens last week, but they did. And, well, I mean, God, they look good right now. They look good. I, I can't believe it. The Patriots might end up winning the AFC East again. Buffalo Bills might be like, oh, come on, man. But maybe the Patriots will have to go for the wild card and they'll still make the playoffs. There's going to be seven seeds in the NFC and AFC this year. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just like a Major League Baseball, Minnesota Twins somehow, some way, squeak past the Chicago White Sox and, and the Cleveland Indians, by the way, and clinch the uh, AL Central today. That was really freaking cool. So we're the number three seed and we're playing against the hated, dirty, cheating Houston Astros who won't have J- J- Justin Verlander they, and all their hitters that were cheating aren't able to cheat anymore, and they suck now. Gee, can't imagine why that would happen. So let's hope the Twins can finally advance in the playoffs because they don't have to play the Yankees. If they lose to the Houston Astros, you're going to hear me scream and curse on this show because I don't have a Twins podcast, and I'm not planning on it. I love this game of baseball. I just don't have time to have four freaking sports shows. That's too hard. Now I'm even writing an article for... Uh, Gone Puck Wild. Check that out when you have time. I wrote a really interesting piece about Bill Guerin, or at least I think it's interesting. It's up to you how you feel. Giants and San Francisco 49ers. Gosh. Gosh, the Giants are bad still. They, they still suck. They still suck. Well, they fired Pat Shermer because he just couldn't get it going. And Yeah, well, they still suck. 36-9. Good to see San Francisco getting back in gear after kind of a meh start to the season. Losing the season opener, that was sucky. But the last two weeks, nice. And remember remember last week, it was injuries galore. That was heartbreaking, but 36-9. to Yeesh. Absolutely smoked these guys. It is what it is. Uh, Nick Mullins is the quarterback today. That's interesting. And he played fairly well. Uh, 350 yards. Quarterback rating of about 109 and a touchdown. No interceptions. Daniel Jones was just blah. Very average at best. I don't know what I did with these statistics anyway kind of irritating me a little bit, but that's how that goes. Jarek McKinnon, 49ers relying a lot on some defense and some because of some poor uh, overall uh, ball control by the New York Giants. Multiple turnovers. You got an interception by Daniel Jones, a fumble by Daniel Jones, a fumble by Darius Slayton. So San Francisco's awesome. Uh, <laughs> San Francisco's overall awesome 
defense and uh, good running game. Gee, does that sound familiar again? Okay, let's say solid running game. It wasn't that great, but they, they got what they needed. They did what they needed to do. They had three rushing touchdowns in the game. Gee, do, do you notice a trend lately? Let's see, defense and running the ball. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> all this dazzling quarterback stuff that everybody wants to see, 49 to 48, you know, like Monday Night Football, Kansas City versus the Los Angeles Rams a couple years back, which was a great game, by the way. Great, great game. But is that always a good thing? Or sometimes defense and running the ball good too? It's okay. It's okay sometimes. It's, you know, it's okay sometimes. And, you know, the game the game ends faster too. Maybe you don't want to be sitting there twiddling your thumbs for four hours. When you run the ball, the clock ticks. I don't know. That's just how I look at it. But San Francisco, again, defense and, and running game. And Nick Mullins did get the job done in the air. Just didn't, you know, get a ton of touchdowns, I guess. 350 yards passing and spreading the ball all over the place. Really well done. Just well done overall. Well done. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, 39 yards even. I was also on those screen plays and such. Uh, Brennan Ayuk. Ayuk. Five catches, 70 yards, and you can go on forever. Nice. Nice to see. Golden Tate's on the Giants. Darius Slayton, guys like that. Huh. Very familiar names, but I don't know. I don't think they have their quarterback of the future either. It's just another one of those. Well, there was a tie today. There was a tie today. Philadelphia sucks so bad they can't beat Cincinnati at home, but at least they didn't lose to them. Uh, Philadelphia chose to punch to go for the tie rather than uh, risk losing the game, you know, because, you know, rather than trying to risk losing the game by going for the win, that type of thing. Both teams 0-2-1 to start the season. I feel bad for Cincinnati. They should have finished this game, and they just didn't. Stupid Philadelphia. Ugh, Philadelphia with their freaking... Carson Wentz running it into the end zone to tie it up with 21 seconds remaining. Well, at least he didn't get hurt this time. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just, uh, yeah, he sucks. Carson Wentz is another one. You know, he's never going to be the same again. He's just not. I mean, I I don't know. He's not going to be the same. It's a freaking shame, really. It, it is uh, 225 yards. Quarterback rating of about 63. Two interceptions. Burrow on the other side. Couple of touchdowns. 312 yards. Mixon. Well, they barely ran the ball at all in the game, did uh, Cincinnati, but they were playing from behind for a little while. Tyler Board, huge, Boyd, excuse me, huge game in the air with 125, and just a solid, solid. Uh, Brandon Graham, couple of sacks for Philly. Derek Barnett with a couple of sacks. Philadelphia's defense, their pass rush really, really showed up today. Eight sacks on Joe Burrow. That's insane. But And they still, well, they didn't win the game, and that sucks. Just one of those type of deals. Boy, Nick Barrett and Brandon Graham with two stacks in the game. Fletcher Cox, very familiar name. Josh Sweat. Marcus Epps. Marcus Epps. He must have been on uh, special teams today with a single tackle. Let's keep an eye on Marcus Epps. I've got, your, I've got a feeling because Andrew Sandejo, Andrew Sandejo, pardon me, is on the Cleveland Browns. He's not helping the Vikings. So I'm so glad we got Andrew Sandejo to like play a couple games and then you give up on Marcus Epps, who I'm going to keep an eye on him. You know, it's not like they they, they cut him from the Philadelphia Eagles, did they? Uh-huh. I remember Judge Zolgad was like, yeah, yeah, they released Marcus Epps. Who cares? Uh, I'm not so fast at that one. I mean, I liked what Marcus Epps did in Wyoming. Keep an eye out. Pittsburgh Penguins, Pittsburgh Steelers, pardon me. I don't, I don't know. I always call them that for some reason. Probably because the Pittsburgh Penguins are always like at the front page of NHL conversation. 3-0 and on the season, so I doubted them, I guess. 
Houston is also 0-3, so it's a battle of a bad of the bad coming up next week. Let's back up. I'm making a mistake here. Houston lost today. Yeah, and we'll come back to that much later here against the Steelers. Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Indianapolis Colts, yeah, they're playing the Jets, and the Jets are just awful. They're awful. They're going to fire their coach for sure. Adam Gaze, everybody seems to think he's the worst coach in the league. Him and Dan Quinn are going to be the... Who's going to go first? Quinn. Dan Quinn's going to go first, and then Adam Gaze is going to go sometime this year as well. There's no way Adam Gaze survives this season. Um, There's no way. No freaking way. Phillip Rivers... Well, high quarterback rating, solid, and he didn't turn the ball over. And Sam Darnold turned the ball over three times. Frank Gore, Grandpa Gore. Frank Grandpa Gore, the number three all-time rushing leader in football NFL history. 57 yards in the ground today. Four, and four yards of carry and a blowout loss to the Indianapolis Colts. That's depressing. Oh, Frank, it's too bad that that's the only place he wound up. I wouldn't have minded him coming here, but I don't know. He would have been buried because he got... You got Cook and Madison. You're not going to play Gore over Cook and Madison. But maybe, maybe a little bit with Gore. We'll see. Maybe squeeze him in here and there. Just another extra option. Oh, man. Third all-time. He's on the freaking Jets. Oh. Why couldn't it be someone else? I mean, I guess it's just that's where he could get his starting job. Because it's just he's chasing history, boy. And who knows? Who knows? He passed Deion Sanders this year, man. I can't believe that. T.Y. Hilton, another solid performance like he did against the Vikes. Solid game. Nothing great, but good enough. Just the the, the Jets just suck, basically. And the uh, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts capitalized on the turnovers. I mean, that's just all there is to say. The Jets are just awful. God, they're bad. Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Panthers win their first game in the Teddy Bridgewater era. Yes, they did. The Bridgewater era. Uh, 21-16 to over the Los Angeles Chargers. Gotta like the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, they're going to be fun to watch for a long time, but uh, unfortunately, it's it, it's early. So, yeah, let's just continue with that. Teddy Bridgewater, how did he do? How did he do today? Yes, sir. No, this was not a bad game. 220, 235 yards, quarterback rating 113.5. Solid performance, Justin Hibbert. Just, you know, he's just getting going. He's got the yardage, but he's still kind of turning the ball over a bit. Mediocre kind of overall game. This is going to be an exciting team. you got Keenan, Keenan Allen, and that's good to have. He's a he's a veteran, a fairly young veteran still, because it seems like yesterday he was a draft pick, and he was on the Vikings radar that year, I thought, or at least he was on many of Viking fans' radar. Uh, that type of thing. Wound up being a hell of a player for the uh, San Diego Chargers all these years. Um, Justin Hebert, though, we'll, we'll see. At least they have a quarterback of the future. Hope he works out. Teddy, though, nice to see him get a win against a decent, decent team with the Chargers. They're decent. They're solid. They're just young and this and that. Congratulations, Teddy, on your first win with the Panthers. Hopefully they help him out a little bit. Tom Brady beating up the Denver Broncos pretty good today. 28, well, or did he? At least his team did. 28-10 to 10 over an awful, awful Broncos team. That's just There's just nothing right now. No lock, no Drew Lock, none of that. And Brady had his best game as a as a Buccaneer at age forty three. It's just the weirdest thing ever. I mean, he he played on the Patriots until they were forty two, until he was forty two years old. Now he's on the the, the, the Buccaneers. I I can't get over that one. I I just can't. Nice to see Gronkowski being a, more of a factor now. Six catches. You got to see some of these old <laughs> some of these old Patriots dominating today. Brady, three touchdown passes. Good for him. Jeff Driscoll and Brett 
Brett Rippian. Wow, that sounds very familiar, like Mark Rippian. Hmm, think there's any relation? Yeah, I, I do. I do. And Judge Jerry Judy having a, well, well, at least helping the Broncos a little bit, but it just wasn't a good game. Congratulations to the Bucks. They're moving forward a little bit, and good job, Brady, getting back on the map. Arizona and Detroit. Boy, this was an entertaining matchup last year. Remember how much fun this game was actually last year, early in the season? And then they end up playing to a tie. Ugh. Well, this time, Matt Patricia wins out. How about that? The Arizona Cardinals do not go 3-0, and hosting the Detroit Lions. That's got to that's gotta stick in their craw, man. They're wearing all red, too. Come on, Arizona. Look at you. Look at you. 26. Yeah, we got to. I'm jumping the gun again. What's wrong with me? I'm getting too excited here. Only one more game, though, to talk about, and that was that Seattle and Dallas game where Seattle took a big lead. Dallas came roaring back, and it was entertaining to watch. They made it a very good game. Dallas failed on the two-point conversion, this and that, and then, I don't know, Prescott, like I talked about in the first segment, He's a good quarterback, but he's not that good. You know, he puts up stats, he puts up numbers, and then he turns the ball over, and he screws you over with this or that. He'll he'll get a little bit too excited, kind of like I am doing this segment sometimes, and he'll screw you over. And then you look on the other sideline. I mean, again, I hate the Seattle Seahawks with a passion. They're my least favorite team in the NFL, even more than the Packers, I think. Okay, maybe not, but they're right on the doorstep. I hate the Seahawks. I think I've got that point across. Dak Prescott, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's okay. He's okay, but two turnovers, you know, he got his 500 yards almost, but two turnovers. He led a nice comeback that did not happen. It fell short. Just like every God-blank week in Minnesota in an important game, they just they just fell short. They just came up short in the Stanley Cup Finals. The North Stars came up just short. And in the Super Bowl, the Vikings came up short. And it, Okay, I'm so sick of that. Russell Wilson... I mean, what more can you say? I think everybody's picking him as the MVP already. Already. 315 yards passing, five touchdowns. You just put your feet up and just, you know, as much as you hate his guts, hate the Seahawks, you admire it and wish he was yours. Sorry for getting far away from the camera, but I was leaning back. You know, just, it is what it is, man. DK Metcalf, some big, big plays. Tyler Lockett, three touchdowns in the game. Best, you know, that's the best. It's the best, you know, he's probably the best player in the league right now, other than, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, the new. Uh, well, and I'm, I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see Aaron Rodgers back in the State Farm commercials again. I'm not going to lie about that. I think it's fun. It's fun. So let's do that stupid Arizona Detroit game. It actually wasn't a stupid game at all. Actually, good on Detroit to getting the win, but man, I like Arizona. I like Arizona a lot, and they didn't win this time. I remember last year it was kind of annoying and sad for both of the teams. Neither one won. Kyler Murray, though, the interceptions, the turnovers, that's kind of what happened last year when he was new. Three interceptions in the game, that's not going to help you. And Matthew Stafford had one of his better games in a little while. He did not have a turnover this time around. And carry on Johnson, who was just not good enough to be a starting running back for the Detroit Lions, gave way to Adrian Peterson, old black and blue Adrian, about three and a half yards a carry. That's kind of Leroy Horde like maybe a little bit, little bit better than Leroy Horde. The the Horde will give you three, give you three, and if if you need one, I'll give you three. If you need five, I'll still give you three. And I guess that was Adrian's day today. Arizona's got a decent defensive line sometimes. They generally do, but DeAndre Hopkins spectacular. Houston, our opponent next week, is still probably kicking themselves about that, and they probably should be because that was stupid, you know. I mean, you get a young veteran in DeAndre Hopkins to help Kyler Murray along, and it's 
It's going to be fascinating to watch. But they lost to Detroit today, and Adrian Peterson, 75 yards on the ground. How about that? I'm happy about that, I guess. You know, we can dislike the one-dimensional side of Adrian, but they're still... Hey, he, he had a 10-yard catch today, so so I better shut my mouth, right? But no, 75 yards on the ground, he is just an ageless wonder, man. Love him, hate him, he is an ageless wonder. He just might catch Frank Gore. He just might do it. Because Gore's turning in usually like third, 30-yard weeks, and Adrian's still running like he's a starter. 70, 80 yards a week. It's just unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It seriously is. Green Bay and New Orleans, well, we can't really talk about... Green Bay, New Orleans uh, at the moment, but New Orleans is winning. Uh, looks like uh, the char the Chargers, the Packers are driving right now. New Orleans is winning seven to three at the moment, which is nice. Chicago, Atlanta. Dan Quinn, you're fired. Dan Quinn, you're fired. You know, and Dan Quinn took the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Falcons, pardon me, to the Super Bowl, and they had the Patriots beat. And ever since that day, ever since that moment. It's never been the same. Uh, Atlanta almost, let's just say, almost gave us something to be very excited about. Knocked out the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round in 2017. I'm still not bitter about that. I know, I know Ali Siddiqui brought that up, but I'm, I don't know if he listens to my show. He probably doesn't. I wish he did. I like Ali Siddiqui. Writes for the, uh, by, uh, writes about the Vikings and NFL spot. And I think it's a new publication now, and I forgot which one. But yeah, he's a damn good writer. I'm proud to be joining him in the uh, the writer category because I'm a writer now for the Wild, Gone Bug Wild, because there is no, nothing available for the Vikings, so it is what it is, and I love writing about hockey, so do check that out, Gone Puck Wild. And, of course, you can check out Ali Siddiqui. Basically, just Google him, and you'll latch onto those articles. Great writer. Uh, forget about Atlanta. Let's talk about the Bears and the, and the Falcons. Forget about what happened. It was a depressing, sad moment how uh, Atlanta couldn't finish the job versus Philly. And then Philly did what they did to the Vikes. Chicago Bears are 3-0. The Monsters of the Midway are back, just like they were years ago. Atlanta was hosting this game, and the still mentioned as the uh, the best stadium in the, in the NFL, Mercedes Stadium, or whatever the heck they call it. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, whatever the heck they call it. I don't care. It's just it's got Mercedes-Benz on it, and it's very popular and very uh, well thought of. Mitchell Trubisky was benched in the game. Nick Foles took over, and uh, it was good. It was good stuff. It was the same Nick Foles that beat the Vikings in that fateful day. The same Nick Foles that beat the Atlanta Falcons on that day because the Falcons couldn't complete a couple passes down the stretch. That's all the only reason why they freaking, the freaking uh, Falcons lost. They didn't. The Falcons didn't. The, the Eagles didn't beat the Falcons. The Falcons beat them. The Falcons lost. That, that's how I look at that game. Todd Gurley the second. That's another veteran stud running back. And Brian Hill, the guy I fell in love with out of Wyoming during the draft about three years ago. And 60, or 58 yards on the ground, 35, a 35 long and a touchdown. Good for him. Mitchell Trubisky also actually ran for some big plays, but uh, and good for him. He ran for 45 yards along the way, but eventually was benched because he just wasn't good. And the Falcons were kicking their butts. The Falcons were kicking the Bears' butts. They they were twenty three to ten, just whooping their butts early in that third uh, quarter. Todd Gurley getting in the end zone like Falcons are going to win now, and then the Bears. Oh no, the Falcons had another field goal, and the Bears mounted an unbelievable fourth quarter comeback, trailing twenty six to ten, and this was within. <laughs> well, the points started happening with six twenty remaining. 
<laughs> it's just unbelievable. 20 points by Chicago in the final 6 minutes and 20 seconds. Now, of course, stuff happened before the 6.20. The Bears had to get the drive moving. But still, 20 points in the 6.20. Dan Quinn, you're fired. <laughs> Nick Foles, three touchdown passes in 6 minutes and 20 seconds. The Falcons still had plenty of time to do something, and they didn't. And again, Dan Quinn's a defensive coach, so it's the defense that's uh, hurting Atlanta again. And they lost lost to the Bears, and the Bears are 3-0, and and the Packers are trailing New Orleans right now in New Orleans. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, good job for the uh, Chicago Bears. Hey, you know, hey, if, if Atlanta's going to gift wrap one for you in the final X amount of time, go for it, man. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. Okay, let's talk about the Houston Texans, shall we? And as per usual, we like to get to the the historical perspective. There isn't as much history between these two teams as last week when we did the Indianapolis Colts. Or was it two weeks ago now? Indianapolis Colts. That was the original Houston team, the Houston Oilers. Or it was this year's team. I'm an idiot. I'm getting them all crazy here. The uh, <laughs> Tennessee Titans were the original Houston Oilers. So yes, it was last week. Uh, so we got all that history out of the way. As for this case, remember how things were kind of on our side with uh, Tennessee and Houston and all that, and we beat them, and we lost to them today. We beat them frequently. Well, so far the Vikings are four and zero oh versus the Houston Texans, so that's encouraging. But we all know how something can give sometimes, and that's the crappy part. Houston Texans and Vikings. Vikings are four and zero. Oh, I just said that. The thing started in two thousand four. That must have been their first season. Yeah, I thought it was 2005 when they started, but I guess it was 04. Vikings beat them 34-20 to in overtime. I vaguely remember that one. I think I do, yep. That was an entertaining game. 2008, four years later, with most likely Gus Farad. Yeah, that had to be Gus Farad, at quarterback, by uh, November the 2nd. Vikings win 28-21. to That's when the Vikings were knocking on the door of the postseason after a crappy start. Actually, yeah, there was a crappy start, but then the Vikings picked it up during that season. Uh, 2012 Vikings over Houston. That was a nice Christian Ponder effort. That was a fun, fun game. That was the week before the Green Bay game. That was when the Vikings were knocking on the door. A very shocking playoff berth for Minnesota after uh, Christian Ponder had a great game against the Green Bay Packers of all teams because their defense was not good back then. It's awesome now, unfortunately. And the Vikings whooped up on those Houston Texans during that 85 Bears-like run for the Minnesota Vikings and Sam Bradford when he was absolutely unbelievable when he led the Vikings on the offensive side of the ball to that 5-0 and record, and then the defense was 85 Bears-like. I didn't word that very well last week. It made it sound like Sam Bradford was a defensive player, but I think 99% of you know who the uh, who Sam Bradford is and what position he played. But uh, that was that was one of the funnest five games of Minnesota Vikings football I've ever seen in my life. It was so fun. When it comes to five straight games for the Vikings in a single season, they were so good. I mean, they were so good. Oh, it was fun. I loved every moment of it, and unfortunately, the Vikings did not finish well that year. It was just the most depressing thing ever. Gosh. Oh, I I hated how things ended up that year. What were we, 8-8 that year or something? It was was just, meh, very disappointing 2016 season, but what a freaking fun start to the year. That truly was. Houston Texans lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So again, 0-3 versus 0-3, and then 3-0 Pittsburgh Steelers and all that. What does Houston have on their docket? Well, they have a wonderful quarterback in 
Deshaun Watson. He was solid today, 110 quarterback rating. Ben Roethlisberger continues to play, and he was solid. And, man, it feels like he's like five years late. Randall Cobb, the former Packer, used to drive us nuts. He was their kind of their uh, Percy Harvin type of guy in the past. Randall Cobb, yep, he used to drive us absolutely crazy, and he'd, uh, his, his antics after his big plays and such didn't sit well with me. David Johnson, the spectacular trade acquisition for DeAndre Hopkins, averaged less than two yards a carry on 13 rushes, 23 yards there. So hopefully the Vikings' run defense will show up against that guy. That would be helpful. Uh, looks like he can run on these uh, Houston Texans like we did on Tennessee today. It sure does. James Conner, six yards a carry. Anthony McFarland, Jr., seven yards a carry. Nice. Uh, nice indeed. Over 151 yards. Or yeah, 151 yards rushing between just those two guys, averaging literally about 6.6 yards a carry on 24 rushes. So, I mean, you can run on these guys. And that has been the case. Their pass rush at times can be deadly. J.J. Watt is one of the greatest of all time, but he gets hurt a lot. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt in this game coming up, even though I'd like to beat them. I'd rather beat them without guys getting hurt. That's just being honest and being fair there. Uh, there's a guy named Marcus Allen of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ain't that the darnest thing? Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen. The Marcus Allen. Okay, he's probably not the same guy, but there's Dustin Colquitt over there. Britton Colquitt. Obviously, Viking punter, great, great guy, great punter and all that. He, uh, 48 yard long. Yep, he's a, he's a good, he's one of those cold quit punters out there. <laughs> Everybody loves those guys. Um, but obviously, it's a talented team. You got Randall Cobb, who's solid. The receiving core is not what it was without DeAndre Hopkins. And Randall Cobb's solid. Deshaun Watson's deadly. He's one of those kind of guys, you get a pass rush on him and he can get loose. Though today he only ran the ball once. So the mobility is maybe not 100% there. Remember he had an ACL about a year and a half ago. Did Deshaun. So that was a freaking heartbreaker. That was during his rookie year when he was just kicking ass. And then he got, got hurt late in the season. That was really sad. But unlike the NBA, he didn't wait a calendar year plus to come back. That type of thing. Yeah, the NBA players are weird about that stuff. And they'll like sit out games just for rest. <laughs> yeah, imagine a football player doing that. You know, when when a guy's sitting out extra time, it's because it's kind of scary, like a Daniel Hunter with a neck injury. I don't expect Daniel Hunter to be back next week, but if he's back, he's back. Maybe this was maybe they're being over precautious from the get go, and that's okay. Uh, if he's back, he's back. I'm not expecting Daniel Hunter to suit up for the Vikings next week, but Gakwe, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully he can get it done. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Watson, pardon me, mobility hasn't been there like it was before, and well, I mean, sometimes that's how you get hurt anyway, but. Uh, is trying to do a little too much. Five sacks by Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're pretty solid, aren't they? They just might end up winning that division, the AFC North. I've been picking uh, Cleveland and Baltimore, stuff like that. It's going to be Baltimore still at the end of the day. Man, Monday night's going to be... Man, Monday night's going to be lit. And I don't like saying that word because I'm not a millennial. I'm not a Gen Z. It's going to be lit. Or or should I say it's going to be epic? No, that's that's annoying too. That's That's millennial and Gen Z... Slash millennial is lit, I guess. It's like it's like zennial with a Z, not X zennial, which I'm not a part of either. I'm a flat out X. Ha ha ha. I'm not an X zennial or a Z or a millennial Z. <laughs> what am I talking about? Let's get back to the Houston Texans, though. Uh, obviously, there's some talent on the roster. They're not off to a good start. The morale is probably the number one problem with Houston, and they won a playoff game last year, but dumbass decision making. 
by Bill O'Brien. He's, a, he's an okay coach, but they made the big mistake of making him kind of both by firing their GM and temporarily putting Bill O'Brien in the general manager position. That sealed Bill O'Brien's doom. I was kind of surprised that, uh, was it two years ago, that they kept Bill O'Brien after a couple of very disappointing seasons. Uh, he's been there for a while, actually. So, I mean, because Bill O'Brien has been with the Texans as long as Mike Zimmer's been with the Vikings, so it has been a while. I thought about three, four years in, Bill O'Brien wasn't going to be kept. Uh, offensive coach, this and that, but he's just not that good. It's just been mediocrity. And when you have a talent like Deshaun Watson and you take away an elite receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, it's just dumb. I, I don't know. I mean, running backs are running backs. They're okay. They're out there. But you think a head coach, an offensive head coach in today's game, he's not an old, he's, he's not a 70-year-old guy here, would realize that it's not like running backs are worthless because they're sure as hell not. <sighs> Look at the Pittsburgh sideline. I mean, I don't, you know, James Conner's not a very super familiar name to me. Anthony McFarlane. It's the Derrick Henry's, the Delvin Cooks of the world that are very recognizable. But obviously, the value is there, and that's just further proof. You don't necessarily need to have a Dalvin Cook, you know, or a Zeke Elliott give him $100 million to do the same thing that James Conner did to Houston today. You know, I mean, 109 yards, 6 yards a carry. Again, a long of 25. Not a long of 75, a long of 25. Meaning he got a little burst in there, a little burst. But general consistency, when you get that out of a running back, you're never going to lose a game. Never. You're never going to lose a game when you have that. It's just pounding it away because the object of the game of football, say it all with me now, is to move the ball forward. That's all it is. I know it's complicated business and you got to do 100,000 things to, to go about that on occasion rather than just running the ball. But of course, even running the ball, there's schemes to that too. Blocking schemes and finding the hole and patience. And Okay, you all know that probably better than I do. But, uh, <laughs> uh, again, though, look at this Pittsburgh game. Look at the Pittsburgh team versus the Houston Texans, again. And it just proves more and more what Bill O'Brien did was just a terrible, terrible, fireable offense. James Conner, Anthony McFarlane, and then DeAndre Hopkins today versus the Detroit Lions and everybody else this year so far in the, well, in the first couple of games. 100-plus yards every freaking game. Deshaun Watson's a young star just like Kyler Murray. You know, he's just like Kyler Murray. You know, he's a young star like Kyler Murray. And you want to have that good star receiver with that young star quarterback, right? Well, too bad. He's not coming here. Yeah, we're we're going to get an, uh, uh, David Johnson, who did a good job with Arizona for a while, but he was not playing. His, he, he didn't have a good season last year. He, he didn't. And I don't know. Some things just baffled me. It's just, you know, I mean... Um, <sighs> I could talk forever. I mean, Alexander Madison, I can imagine him suiting up with the uh, Houston Texans right now and being significantly better than David Johnson. And that took a fourth-round pick to have Alexander Madison. Fourth-round pick, right? Or was it late, really super late third-round, right? Where you, maybe in a normal year you could have gotten him in the fourth or fifth. Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, and I know everybody's talked about that at nauseum, but... Vikings, will we win the game? Will we not win the game? It's in Houston. Does that really mean anything right now? Kind of, but not really. It's not the. It's not your familiar ballpark. And the Vikings played like they were at home today until the, until the later stages of that fourth quarter. Then they didn't. They played like crap after that. But no. Uh, they played like it was a home game today. Again, we're 4-0 against Houston. It's not a well-coached team. The morale is terrible. 
Can the Vikings get their first win of the year, or do we just drop to 0-4? Is Houston tanking? I don't know. They're, they're not. I mean, they can't be. And the Vikings aren't tanking, even though we want them to. All of us guys that want the top pick in the draft or the second or third pick in the draft, we're not tanking, and it, it's obvious. Um, Bill O'Brien's coaching for his job, of course. Mike Zimmer might be coaching for his as well, when you consider week in and week out. He doesn't look that good, actually. He didn't look that good today either. He looked awful last week, did Zimmer. Awful. Outcoached by those two coaches, the uh, the, the Frank Reich of uh, Frank Reich of Indianapolis and Le Fleur of uh, Green Bay. So, I don't know. I mean, the Vikings winning this game, uh, uh, I'm going to pick a win. You know, I don't sound too optimistic or too too excited about it either way because it's like it's not going to mean much. It's going to be like 6-10 six, six type of year anyway the way things look. I'm not trying to give up on the season, but I don't think the Vikings are primed for a 10-6 and six record. But uh, I'll pick the Vikings to beat the Houston Texans. I will pick the Vikings to beat them. We're going to score points. We're going to have to score points, but so is Houston. It's going to be high scoring, and that's just how it's going to be this year. It's going to be like 30 points every week, I think, per team. Vikings versus whoever, unless Kirk Cousins sucks big time. Uh, we'll talk like any, and he might. He might, but we'll see. Uh, Roethlisberger, Mr. Old Man himself, was only sacked twice, so he's not as mobile as he used to be, obviously. Uh, but I'm going to go with 35-31. to 31. Minnesota beats Houston in a barn burner. Deshaun Watson's going to have some good moments. Kirk Cousins is going to have a turnover or two in the game. Justin Jefferson's going to have another 100-plus yard game. That's right, and Delvin, Cook's gonna get, uh, Delvin Cook is going to go for like 200, man. Watch out. But, I mean, don't be surprised if Delvin Cook gets at least at least 120 yards rushing. I think uh, Justin Jefferson's not going to get 170 yards receiving, but it'll be like, uh, maybe he will, though. I think it's going to be closer to like 111, something like that. I'm just seeing a 1-1-1, you know, with a touchdown type of game, maybe two. Delvin Cook is going to have a big game, like 140 yards, I think, and two touchdowns. That's my guess. But Kirk Cousins is going to turn the ball over. He's going to make dumb mistakes, and it's going to keep Houston in the game. And, of course, the talent of Deshaun Watson is going to help the... Uh, Houston Texans capitalize a bit. Randall Cobb will score a freaking touchdown in the game because he will. He's just going to. And Will Fuller, we'll see. He might be the other one. But uh, <laughs> with our luck, David Johnson will get one in the end zone also. That's just my take. So kind of a long one here. I apologize. I'm going really long. So with that, we'll take a break and <laughs> get to fan interaction. Greetings, Joey. I finally got round to doing one of these. Um, to be honest, I wasn't really ready to do anything until I'd seen a couple of games because I hadn't followed the off-season particularly, um, so didn't really have an idea of any judgment or where we were. Equally, I wasn't expecting a great deal this season, although looking at and listening to the pundits, it was like, we're the favourite for the North, and it was like, how's that even possible when, when you pretty much dismantle your defence, which is what the team has done? Um, so the, the question for me, Joey, is um, what are we this year? Is if you, if you look at it from the defensive side of the ball and all the pieces that have been lost, um, it would indicate to me that we are in a rebuilding mode. Um, but then again, if you look at all the extensions, i.e. Zimmer, uh, Spielman, Kirk Cousins, blah, 
blah, blah, uh, Delvin Cook. Um, not sure I agree with some of those um, those contracts. Um, but equally, that would indicate that we're not in a rebuilding mode. Um, was it a case that the Brains Trust that is the front office fought that the offence could carry the load for a, a good portion of this season while Zimmer works his magic on, on a bunch of rookies and inexperienced players and attempts to turn them into a, a mid-tier defence. I really don't know. I mean, if that's the case, then they've really um, bleeped up, to put it mildly, because after Game 2 against the Colts, that offence stinks. It didn't appear to have any fire in their bellies yesterday or much else. So incredibly disappointing. Um... As I said, I didn't expect a great deal from this team. I don't know. I haven't listened to your your latest podcast, which I will listen to sometime today. Um, but I don't really have a great deal of optimism for where we go this year. I think they've spent too much money on players that aren't going to be particularly effective. It's as simple as that. Anyway, Jay, that's all I'm going to say at the moment. Um, everybody, I hope you stay safe. And skull, brothers and sisters. Short and sweet and, my goodness, very much to the point there. And I agree a thousand percent with you, Mad Martin. Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland, an absolute legend of this show. Always, always, always love hearing from you. I hope you're able to keep doing it as often as you can. I understand if you're busy or God knows what else is going on in this world. (laughs) God knows what else is going on. So totally understand if you're unable to and all that. But that is the question of all time, really. I mean, it's good that you mentioned that because it's like we th- sometimes during the week I'll think about it and then I don't get to it on the show like a big dummy on my part. And it's like that is the number one question. What are we doing exactly? So we start over with like how many different cornerbacks because, you know, we don't want to sign these other guys. We, we can't afford to. Yeah, we give Kirk Cousins an extension. And I know we wanted to get him under the cap a little bit so we punish ourselves some more to add more term to it. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's really strange, honestly. And then other players that we signed, obviously the Anthony Barr, you know, we just could not give him up. That just reeks of Chuck Fletcher with the Minnesota Wild not giving up his guys in the past, and that's what ultimately got him fired, uh, the Charlie Coyles and such. I think I mentioned that on the last episode. Um, <clears throat> and not only was it too much of an investment, and investments that don't make a whole lot of sense because now we're stuck with Kirk Cousins for an X amount of time, Though there is a scenario that could be feasible that I'm thinking in my head right now. I'll get to that in about 10 seconds. I was thinking about it earlier, and I almost didn't. So I'm glad that you uh, triggered it back again for me. Thank you for that, Dave. Very much appreciate it, actually. But no, uh, it's it's a crazy situation of poor investments. And it's like in between. It's a rebuild on the fly. I don't know. But it doesn't work that way, though, does it? Sometimes it does if you're extremely lucky. Like, if your star quarterback really is a star quarterback, like a, like a Drew Brees, and he's, you know, he's 32, like, say, Kirk Cousins is 32, but it's Drew Brees, though. It's not Kirk Cousins, it's Drew Brees. It's not, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Tom Brady. That's when that kind of stuff might be kind of okay, where you kind of semi-rebuild on the fly and go from there, where the Vikings don't have that guy. And how can they not see that? I got to think they can, right? I would hope they can. <sighs> The only scenario I could think of where we can come out of this feeling really okay, even though despite being stuck with Kirk Cousins for an X amount of time here, this would have been the final year of his contract. So now you got two more years added on, if I'm correct. So obviously the rest of this bleeping year. So this year is what it is. That's going to be off the, the... This year will be off the books. Then you get two more years added on. 
and imagine we're in a position to draft the next quarterback, you know, the quarterback of the future, whatever. You probably don't want to start him right out of the gate. So Kirk Cousins is the quarterback again next year. Woo, woo. That, that's awesome. I mean, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback next year. <laughs> and if Mike Zimmer's still the coach, maybe that's the plus year. It's every year. It's like the up year, the down year, the up year, the down year. 2014 was like, obviously, not a very spectacular year because we were just getting started. That was our rebuilding on the fly or whatever they do in the NFL. It's Sometimes you can rebuild really fast in the NFL. Sometimes. And other teams have been rebuilding since 19... 19- 91, like Detroit. Okay, not really, but kind of. <laughs> the point is, though, you get that quarterback of the future. Kirk Cousins is the bleeping starter. Woohoo. And then the next year, who knows? Uh, it's not the end of the world. If a quarter, if your starting quarterback of the future sits on the bench for a year or even two years. So there's still a possibility. It's just, are we going to still be stuck in the middle? So then we will be like, you know... Six and ten, seven and nine, stuff like that. That bull crap. So we're picking higher, but you never know. I mean, you make trades just like the <laughs> Washington Golden Gophers. Well, they were the Redskins at the time, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That type of thing. Can we identify that quarterback of the future? Do I trust? Do I trust Rick Spielman to be able to do that? He was fairly successful. With Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's not necessarily a game breaker, but he's pretty good. Outside of that, he has failed and failed miserably at the quarterback position in drafting. He's failed most of the time with offensive line. Not the whole time, but most of the time. Brian O'Neill was a huge success. It was kind of lucky. Uh, kind of lucky considering all those excellent players that were picking before Brian O'Neill because we didn't take James Daniels when we had the chance to take him. We just didn't take him. Luckily, we were able to get Brian O'Neill after that. Uh, and all those other spectacular players. What was it? The Detroit, uh, the guy that ended up getting drafted by Detroit last year. And then we wound up, uh, I can't remember even what we did last year anymore. I'm already blanking on that. Oh, yeah, we wound up with Garrett Bradbury. And then now you get uh, Ezra Cleveland, that type of thing. So, I don't know. He's generally failed at it at a lot of those positions. So, if it's up to me, I say blow the whole damn thing up. But we all know that's not as easy. It's easier said than done, that type of thing. But uh, great thoughts. What really are we doing? We're kind of like the Phoenix Suns years ago in the NBA when they would sign players to a lot of money, like Gordon Dragic or something. And Gorgon, Gorgon Dragic, not Gordon. And they still stink. You know, and you have, you're, you know, you don't have, you're like taking up space with a lot of money, this and that. But you're like in the middle of rebuilding, in the middle of, in the middle of competing. And it didn't make sense. That's kind of where the Vikings are, too. And it sucks. That tells you you probably got to make a major change. It's coach and GM and quarterback at some point. But maybe the final year you can trade Cousins away because it's just one more year. And they, it could be a rental, and then if, he, if he's good, they'll resign him, whoever they are, that type of thing. Because somebody out there might see that, that they can uh, get out of Cousins what we're not. Or they'll use him as a Band-Aid quarterback for a couple of years. But uh, bottom line, draft day. 2021 with your first pick, whatever it is. If it's number one, number five, number eight, number 15, take a freaking quarterback. Pray to God there's a quarterback there that is a legitimate piece. Take a, Identify a guy, and if you have to, trade for him. There has to be a way to do it. There has to be a way. There has to be a way. Identify a guy and pray to God in heaven they freaking finally did it. That's the best way to go. And if he's Cousins backup for a year, a maximum two, it's not the end of the world. It's it's not. So, um, okay, thank you for that, uh, Dave Martin. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Let's get to the Twitter account and Facebook page. 
So let's get to that Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. Thank you, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand and Malcolm McSween out of California for retweeting the most recent episode. Unprepared and unacceptable. That type of thing. So we'll continue. I haven't even decided on the title. It's coming out. It'll. I thought I had one earlier and I blanked on it, but I think I'll come up with something here. Obviously, I have to. <laughs> Dave Martin, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says, not sure I should look at any more Viking Twitter today. We are doomed and the world is ending. After 40 plus years, it's like, hmm, there's always next season. Thumbs up. Yep. And Captain Kirk is going nowhere with a dead cap dead cap hit of $61 million. I wonder why Spiel... I wonder, did Spielman think we would not have a season? Yeah, it's like you wondered that, right? And then you just... Yeah, so that contract that year will just kind of get voided, so to speak, and then you just move on to the next year. With our luck, they'd keep it, though. They'd keep it on there. The NFL would say, oh, that didn't count. <laughs> but then again, I'm sure the NFL would want it to count. They would. It's like less spending then, because they won't, then they won't lose money. <laughs> James Hill replying to, probably replying to Mad Martin, but kind of replying to me as well. So, interestingly enough, a trade next year, if my news is right, is only a $10 million dead cap, the same price to cut him in 2022. Uh, 2022. So you'd have dead cap that year. Um, and I'm probably the year after, right? Because it would get split, is my guess. That's usually how stuff like that works. And the NHL works that way. I know that much. Where it's like, say there's one year left when you do a cut, then it's the dead. There's a dead cap hit of two. It's lower than it would be on like a full season, but it's it's you know it's an extra year on it now. So that type of thing. Mad Martin continues says, really, I've not heard that. Looking at the schedule, I'm finding it difficult to see a win before the bye, other than Atlanta, and that's what I was saying as well on the show. Yep, Atlanta. Atlanta's going to be a win. And Houston might be, and I picked the Vikings to win that game, but it's kind of an empty confidence at this point. He says, uh, by other than Atlanta, so we could be in the running for Trevor Lawrence. I will settle for a totally crap season if we move on from Cousins. I would too. I would too, especially when we're 0-3 already. I would too. I've agreed to this settlement, does say James Hill. Thank you, James Hill. And I am following, and apparently he's following me as well. That's good to know. I thought so. I thought so. I recognize it, but yeah, that, that's a cool conversation. Oh yeah, he just did follow me. Thank you. Thank you, James. I do appreciate that, and I'm following him as well. I must have followed him during that conversation. You know how I blank out during the week? It's like I just stop. I don't know. My mind just stops. My Purple Mafia, like, whatever. My Purple Mafia, like, brain cells just turn off during the week. And then, oh, oh, it's it's Sunday. Let's, let's go. Unless there's some kind of news. Oh, work week is tiring sometimes. Mad Martin says, listening to the podcast, as always, great, but no way do professional athletes tank a season in hope of getting a franchise quarterback. They will all want jobs elsewhere. <sighs> Have to hope they are as bad as they look. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they, they, they're, they just they don't do it, obviously. The only way to truly tank is to bench players or bad, really bad luck happens, like injuries. But you can bench players, send them home, you know, that type of thing. Um, that type of thing, like send a guy home. Like if he's hurt, just say, yeah, you're you're hurt, you're out for the season, even though he's not injured enough. That type of thing, and like a precautionary thing, like a Daniel Hunter situation. It could be that type of tanking at the end of the day, where it's just there's no way they're going to win games. That type of stuff. Lane, lines and Wines, that's cool. They followed. Uh, yep, another like Gerald String. Thank you so much. 
I don't think Vince Germano retweeted this one. I, I He usually does. He probably did. I'm just not seeing it. And if uh, in advance, one way or another, thank you, Vince Germano, for retweeting the millions of times you did. If you forgot this week or whatever, that's okay. Uh, thank you for the hundreds. Thank you for the hundreds of times you've retweeted this show. It's just out of Australia. Go Lakers for uh, for your sake. Uh, yes, uh, Mad Martin says, here we go again, 28 to 10 Titans. Did you get the audio? Skull Brother. Yes, I did, and that's what you heard at the beginning of the segment. Loved it. Mad Martin says, not looking forward to the rest of the game because it st- started so awful. And then in, when things started looking so good, he says, I'm still in shock. I must pick against them all the time from now on. Yeah, because they did it. Did it again. Mad Martin again says, I'm totally lost. Did the Titans prepare at all for this Vikings team? Did they think we, did they think we will roll over the purple? We look like one of the best teams in the NFL today. What's going on with this team? I can take a 31 to 30 loss. At least they turned up and played ball. Yeah, I mean I understand that. At least they did turn up and play ball. It's just the way they blew it was pretty disgusting. But uh, thank you very much for the interaction. You're on you're in good hands right now. So, I'm going to pass out the stars for last week before I even get to the uh, Facebook just so I don't mess that up. Last week it's it's got to go to <laughs> It's got to go to Josh Mary Henry the Gold Star, Silver Star to Cedric Paulding and then Dave Hickey and Gerald Spring will bring in the bronze. Yep, there you go. So, there's the stars for last week. Apologize to you guys. Hope you hope you're listening this week and if you're wondering last week how come there were no stars? Well, there they are now. They're in now. The stars are in. The stars are aligned. And I know there was a Facebook, I know there was a post from uh, Leland out there where, you know, where it's a visitor post. The like, it doesn't let you get to it, which is a pain in the butt. Oh, and I didn't even mention that freaking Anthony Barzov for the year, but that's how I feel about him. I'll get to him in a couple seconds here. Um, yeah. I'll get back to that in a couple seconds here. Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So now I finally know how to do it. I have to basically go to the <laughs> application on my phone and hit the notifications. I suppose I could do that on the computer part too, but you go to the notifications now. Oh yeah, here they are. They're on this too. But, uh, oh, cripe. There we go. Okay. It's goofy. Yeah, I think I should have just stayed right where I was because I already got it loaded on the phone application instead. I was actually in a good spot on the page because, you know, the page loads very slowly sometimes. Not that you really needed to know about that, but we'll continue. Okay, Leland. There we go. Yes. No, that's not what I wanted to do. He actually made a post. Where did it go? See, now it's gone again. Ugh, it drives me crazy. It was there. I know it was there. Uh, that was the earlier one. It's gone. Yep. Isn't that just great? <laughs> I hate that. He, he, he posted a separate thing, and now it doesn't show it. Ah, that's how that goes sometimes, isn't it? Ay, 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 That's how it goes sometimes. Here it is. No, that's not it either. It's just mentioning during the course of today. Drives me nuts. I am so sorry, Leland. It should be here. But for some reason, uh, yeah, that's what happens sometimes. It should just show it, but it doesn't. Maybe I could just press this. That'll fix it, possibly, but I doubt it. Uh, nope, I don't see it. That's so dumb. <laughs> it just disappeared. I don't know what the heck. So I apologize for that. I should be able to read that kind of stuff. 
So anyhow, the most recent show, unprepared and unacceptable. Were there any comments? Yes, there were. And when it says most relevant, I say all comments matter. Okay, so all comments do matter. Let's press that. Mark Carlson says perfect choice for the title. Shout out to Jay Mason, Chase Carlson. New episode is here, Jay, and thank you for that, Mark. That's awesome. Gerald Spring says can't wait. Gerald Spring out of Nebraska, of course, and Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Scroll upwards. Yep, remember Paris Campbell, the guy who uh, did not, the guy who hurt his knee on uh, the first play of the, well, his his first play of the game was a sweep to the right, and he went down. Luckily, it was not his ACL, but they're still saying it could be out. He could be out for the season. It's MCL related, but he still could be out for the year. Someone who is out for the year is Anthony Barr with a torn pectoral. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So just like Matt Dumba for the Minnesota Wild, torn pectoral muscle. Yikes, that sucks. I remember having a sore pectoral years ago, and I never said anything, but uh, I think that pain is gone finally. It took about four years for the pain to go away. Yeah, so maybe there was a partial tiny little tear in there, and it's finally starting to feel better. It's probably nothing like Anthony Barr. It's probably much worse. I can imagine. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often in the NFL. That's like your chest area, basically, like close to the shoulder. Oh, my God, that hurts. You know, just a little. I probably had a microscopic tear, and it still hurt that much. The Vikings signed veteran Todd Davis, former Denver Bronco, who led the team in tackles two years ago to a one-year deal. Todd Davis is actually a good player, but uh, I just, I don't know. I think maybe that's that's another way to tank. You just get rid of people. Maybe you don't, you don't want to pay them money or whatever. So it is what it is. Anthony Barr, people are, oh, yeah, this is what it was. Vikings territory. There's Ali Siddiqui right there. Has Anthony Barr played his last snap as a Viking? Great read there. And uh, I think that's quite possible. I think it's quite possible. There is a comment. Uh, it's most relevant, and there is no relevant comment. What the heck? Well, just how about all comments then? <laughs> Rachel, Rachel C. says, I agree. Nice rhyme there, Rachel. Rachel C. says, I agree. Nice. That was, a, that was quite cool, actually. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, me, I'm thinking, yeah, he's, he's got to be done. If, if this franchise knows what they're doing and they're paying him the amount they're paying him, they they got to make a change. At bare minimum, a restructure. A restructure at the bare minimum for Anthony Barr. They're, he's like the third highest paid player on the team, and he it's way up there, like $12 million a year plus. Kyle Rudolph, same thing. Uh, he, he actually, I, I think he's second. I think he's the second highest paid player on the team. Isn't that ridiculous? It's too freaking much, man. Too freaking much. So now we're finally going to get to today's game on the Facebook side of things anyway and then wrap this show up. So we're trying to do that now if we humanly can. My apologies. The in-game thread a bit. Kind of dig around in there. Maybe there's some late stuff in there. Uh, most relevant. Everything's relevant. Yes, yeah, schmucks. It's all comments matter. Haha. Gerald String. This must have been like really late. Yep. And then Dave Hickey. Well sounded, well that's past tense, like a great game, maybe worth watching on Game Pass tonight, at least it sounded like maybe we were more competitive today, and oh we were, we were, Dave Hickey says they finally decided to play, although the game started in usual fashion, it's typical that an 0-2 team with a horrible rush defense decided to play against number one rush offense, let's see if they can finish it now, and unfortunately we couldn't down the stretch. Lots of comments. Mike Feller, Stu Evans, very active. He says the Vikings choke again. Cousins choke job. Say goodbye to the season. I know what you mean. Leland says a half of a football worth watching. 
And yes, no safety. Yep, we didn't get us. We didn't give up a safety, so we didn't break the record of three consecutive regular season games with a safety. Now the Vikings did have a safety in the regular season game at the end of last season, but it would be like an in-season thing, I guess, is for it to really count. Because like a whole off-season, it might have been a different quarterback the next year, different players, so it doesn't really count the same. Dave Vicky says we need a turnover bad. I don't trust Cousins to lead a game-winning drive. And oh, were you right, Dave? Yep. He, he can't. And he says, I knew it. Yep. <laughs> Dave nailed it there. Oh, Dave, you nailed that. Leland says, if it's not less than a 40-yard try, just punt. Wow, that bad, huh? No protection when it mattered. And he choked. Yeah, Mike Feller's too Evans said that. That was really accurate. Brett McCarthy says, I like this Jefferson kid. And Diggs, who? No drama. Uh, you imagining Diggs last or the week before. Jefferson, it's about time we use him. Yeah, very excited. Brett McCarthy, very excited about Jefferson. Leland says, Cousins, shit show. Jefferson, 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 Jefferson. Yeah, Brett McCarthy, he's writing that one. And Diggs, Jefferson. Oh, yep, and I wrote, uh, Jefferson is born. That drew a lot of replies. Thank you, guys. Brett McCarthy says, about time they get him involved. He continues saying, it takes the heat off Thielen. Yep, he put it like Thailand almost, but the heat off Thielen. Again, Brett McCarthy, South Dakota. He says, I was starting to think they wasted another pick on a receiver. And Dave Hickey wraps it up with a couple comments. Says, finally they used the new toy. Finally decided to use their new toy. Uh oh, <laughs> that's funny. Self-destruction, says Mr. Brett McCarthy. Mark Carlson was saying we are in a lot of trouble today. Yeah, it's weird. These kind of go backwards, don't they? But a frustrating, frustrating situation. So, yep, and the hitman, Harry the hitman, got an interception in the game, which was great. Let's go to the post-game thoughts now. And then pass out the stars and wrap up the show. Always love to hear from all of you. Yeah, Kurt Back had a cool comment, or comment, cool comments during the game as well. Here we go. I know these are a bit more busy because it's a post-game wrap-up, so these are usually bigger at the end of the day. You get the you get the see more button. <laughs> Dave Vicky says, out of Iowa again, says, it was a terrible finish for already a bad-looking team. The defensive backs are really bad, especially Hill and Gladney, who gave up a couple big big ones. Yep, yep, Gladney was giving up, giving up a big one along the way, and that was like, here we go again. That was when uh, Tennessee, Tennessee was getting right back in the game, and Hill got burned pretty bad as well on a play down uh, early on. He wasn't as bad, but he wasn't that good either. He, he's not a starting cornerback in the NFL. Gladney hopefully will be. Looks like Rachel C. Uh, commented again somewhere. Hopefully I'll find her there. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, at least it was watchable this week. Cook and Jefferson were the highlights. Cousins again proved himself worthless for game-winning drives. Defense had little improvements, but still the backfield was outclassed. Not going to get any better the next couple of games. I really don't see a win until after midseason. I say Atlanta, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see, though. Maybe they'll have a new coach in place and they'll play way better. <laughs> that would be our luck, right? The old sugar high crap. Mark Carlson, legendary Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, says, I had the game on the radio today while out and a boot. While out and a boot. Can you sense the Canadian accent from Mark Carlson? No, that's the wrong accent. Can you sense a Canadian accent from Mark Carlson there? You know, he's, he's got a Canadian accent. Even though he's from Iowa, he likes those Winnipeg Blue Bummers there. You know, there eh? So, I had the game on the radio today while hooting a boot. And later, well, well, <laughs> and later while doing yard work. 
What a disappointment. What an ending. And so, oh, and three we go. <laughs> I hope someone calls in this week. School, Merck from Iowa. School. School, eh? Sorry, I'm just kidding. You're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers there, eh? Yep. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are probably a lot better than what we're, we're, we're putting up right now. And it's funny, all the connections with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and all that and how that's where Bud Grant played and coached, actually, excuse me, many, many moons ago. Pretty cool. Bud Grant, yep, the legend. Dave Hickey continues. This section says this team sucks right now. It's been a bad year all around. 2020 sucks. Yes, it has. Brent McCarthy, once again, says going to be a long year. <laughs> yep. Oh, Josh Meyer Henry popped times, and he didn't comment much this week. I hope he wasn't pissed off when I didn't pass out the stars. Josh, you got a delayed gold star, if you happen to be listening, from last week, which you probably heard already. Gold star for last week, because you were so freaking good. I missed you this week, Josh, but you must have been frustrated and depressed, because I know that's why his brother Justin has not been posting lately. Both of them are in the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame. They were inducted last February. I know you would got to thank you. That hurt my feelings. I'm just kidding. It's probably like, who, you're like, who cares? It's, what is it, a Facebook group Hall of Fame? Come on, Joey. <laughs> Ken Newfield. Hey, I, yeah, I've seen you a few times. Good to have you back. He says, I was on the fence until today. I'm embracing the tank. It's best for my mental health. I feel you, Ken. I do. I feel you. Josh Mary Henry says, oh, in 16. Kurt Brack says, worst drive in history. It was up there with the worst drives of all time, Kurt. In fact, I would say it was the worst drive, pretty much, because maybe tied with a couple others. I mean, all he did was move backwards and look like an idiot doing it. That's about all we did. Yeah, it was garbage. Sorry for the overly long show. Some of you might be like, God, that's long. It is what it is. There was a lot to talk about, and maybe I got a little too wordy, but there's a lot to talk about, man. A lot to talk about today. It was just nonstop. Next week, I doubt will be as long, but who knows? Almost two hours. Gosh, it's like 145 mark here. Let's pass out the stars. Let's pass out the stars. Who do, where do we go with here, man? Where do we go with? Um, who's going to get the gold star this week? I'm going to go with Dave Hickey, gold star, with this week. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to share. Dave and Dave are going to get it. Dave Martin with a little platinum on board. He's going to get the gold star for this week. So spectacular. Dave Hickey's going to. Going to get also get a gold star, but Dave Martin, absolutely mad Martin, unbelievable. Uh, I'm feeling generous because all the comments and all the commentary. Oh boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy! Oof, silver star for this week's show. It's going to go to. Uh, oh man, I'm just uh, I'm going crazy right now. I don't even know where to go with Mike. Mike Feather, Stu Evans. I liked some of that. I, I, I liked all that stuff he said. Uh, Leland's got to get something, man. He was unbelievable this week. Mike Feather, Stu Evans, and Leland will get the silvers. And uh, Brett McCarthy. And mm, Brett McCarthy and Mark Carlson will get it. Uh, Ken, Ken, Ken Newfield's got to get a star. I just it was a it was one comment, but it was pretty good. Uh, I kind of liked it. Best for my mental health. He's going to get a bronze star for this week. Um, I'm going to give it to Ken Newfield for this week. Uh, he's, he's a new field. He's a new gold star. He'll uh, share one with uh, Mark Carlson for this week's show. Because I had fun with that Canadian accent, even though he wasn't necessarily doing that. He just put me in that mode, I guess, with the way he was saying it. I like that. So there it is. I passed out the stars. I, uh, I gave up the... Uh, I gave out the uh, Purple Mafia, uh, excuse me, the Fran Tarkington and Christian Potter Memorial. 
So got it like that. I haven't done a uh, urban legend this. I haven't done an urban legend this whole season yet. The urban legend could be, again, the urban legend here is when you know Kirk Cousins isn't a winning formula. You know you're in deadly cap, uh, deadly cap situation where you could have just gotten out of it this year. What the hell were you thinking, giving him an extension? I mean, okay, maybe uh, it was a tough situation, wasn't it? It's like they almost had you, didn't they? I don't know. It's an urban legend, the whole thing. The whole thing's an urban legend. The urban legend of this is just that final drive was an urban legend in terms of, like, I mean, you can't make it up. It was that bad. That's the urban legend, the last drive. i got to keep bringing those back again. I love the urban legend. I think a lot of people liked it in the past where it's just the oddities and craziness in week-by-week football games. Just weird stuff happens every week. You just got to identify it sometimes. Sometimes it's right up in your face, and then there's other stuff that's just kind of floating around out there, but you can't identify it right away, and that's that's a true urban legend, where today it was like an up-in-your-face one. The final drive, and it's just how, why this franchise still has faith in this quarterback to, to lead them when it's obvious he can't. <laughs> plain and simple. Or, yeah, you win one playoff game. But in, even in the best-case scenario, you have to win three straight games to win a championship. You, and Kirk Cousins can't do that. Say the Vikings are 14-2, and two, which, not with Kirk Cousins, whatever happened, but say the Vikings were 14-2, and two, you get the first round by, you still got to win three straight games. See, maybe you have that dazzling, spectacular divisional round game, or in last year it was the wild-card round. Is he going to follow it up next week? Hell no. He's not. Of course, if we had home field advantage, maybe. But, I don't know. The one time we had that, home field advantage throughout the postseason into the Super Bowl, in 98, we still managed to mess that up many, many moons ago. And that was another quarterback who put up spectacular numbers and was all never successful in the postseason. That's, I mean, you never heard about any Philadelphia Eagle championships in the in the 80s and early 90s. You, you never heard about that with Randall Cunningham. Never, because he wasn't a good playoff quarterback. He was a good regular season quarterback. With that said, and of course, Dennis Green, same thing. He was a good regular season coach, not a good postseason coach. It's just bottom line. Dennis Green was not good in the postseason. He just wasn't. How many playoff games did he win for the Vikings, Dennis Green? I think three, right? And he lost like nine or something like that. I mean, you got 92, 93, 94, 96, 90. Seven, they obviously they had to lose to San Francisco. Ninety-eight, they had to lose to Atlanta. Two thousand, they lost to the New York Giants. But the Ram, they lost to the Rams in uh, ninety-nine, and so that's eight. And then he beat the Giants. Woohoo! He beat the Arizona Cardinals. Woohoo! And he beat the New Orleans Saints. Woohoo! So three and eight, great playoff record, Dennis. So anyhow, sorry to be rude there. I apologize. With that said, I hope all of you have a good week. It's just, I'm just saying, playoff, win playoff games more consistently. And win, wouldn't that be nice if that could happen once in a while? It'd be nice in this town. We could win playoff games. We have people in positions, huge positions that are known winners in the postseason when it matters most. Seriously, it'd be really nice. Uh, Zimmer doesn't have a good playoff record either, really. It's just adequate. He finally won a second playoff game last year. But let's get off of it. Hope you have a nice week. It's going to get a bit cooler in the Twin Cities. Obviously, most of you have seen that, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not sure what else to say. Hopefully, we can get a quarterback in the future. Again, have a nice week. Enjoy those fall colors. I'm enjoying that part. Uh, that's about what we can do right now. Enjoy the fall colors. Uh, 
Hope uh, this franchise can have something wonderful happen to it in the next few months here. Other than that, though, go Yannick Ngagwe.